How you feeling this morning, Life Church? Come on, somebody. Well, you look good, so I pray you feel good. Man, how about our Brookfield campus? You know, our Brookfield campus is taking off. Rumor has it with standing room only. Man, I'm excited just to see what God is doing, man. I think Life Church is going to start being like Starbucks and McDonald's, just one on every corner. Amen. Yeah, I'll take a latte and a cup of Jesus as well. You know, just. Well, hey, it's good to be with you all. As uh, Pastor Dylan said, we're beginning a new series today entitled Basics, Basics, Bringing the Why of What We Do Back to the Forefront. Oftentimes, like I say all the time, if you grew up in church, you speak Christianese and we use terms and we say things and we get caught up in the complex definition and in the Greek and in the Hebrew, you know, and we miss the essence of what it's all about. And so that's what we want to do today is focus on the essence of what worship is. Uh, I got any football fans in the house? Anybody like football? Packer country? I grew up in uh, Denver, Colorado, so I'm not a Packer fan. I'm a Bronco fan. Yeah. Well, uh, all I got to say is uh, 1997, okay? How about that? All right. Uh, <clears throat> that's right. But anyway, I, did, I have gone to Lambeau Field. It's, it's so much history there. One story that really resonated me, uh, with me from uh, Lambeau Field was this dude named Vince Lombardi. Y'all ever heard of him? Yeah, I was like blown away. Well, like, well, in 1961, Vince Lombardi was the coach of the Green Bay Packers. He'd uh, just taken over. What you have to understand is months prior, these gentlemen had come with, uh, uh, just moments short of winning the Super Bowl. And uh, Vince Lombardi takes over. He's looking at all of his team. They're in training camp. They're ready to uh, get this party started and take over. For the next season, and they're looking at him, and they're thinking, like, this dude is about to say something elaborate. He's about to give us this rah-rah speech, and we're going to, you know, get ready to dominate. Mr. Lombardi stands in front of his team, and he says these words. Gentlemen, this is a football. Room full of professional athletes. Gentlemen, this is a football. And what he was doing was saying, gentlemen, we're going to dedicate this entire season to focus on the basics and the fundamentals. This is how you tackle. This is how you catch. This is how you throw a football. Okay? He went to page number one of the playbook and said, we're going to focus on all the small nuances and details because... When we, when we focus on the small, we naturally attain the large. I believe if God was speaking to us today, he said, listen, when we focus on the small, we naturally will attain the large. Sometimes it's not about making it complex, it's about making it simple. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We get to worship. Uh, you like football, bro? Yeah? Yeah? Right on, man. Merry Christmas. Woo, that boy got aim. Underhanded. 
If you got, the, if you got uh, your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, uh, verses 10 through 25. John chapter 4, 10 through 25. What I'm going to do is I'm going to summarize this, and then I will bring out points from this text. John chapter 4, you may have heard the story, Jesus and the woman at the well. Not the most common story to talk about worship, but we're not focusing on what we think worship is. We're focusing on what the essence of worship is. John chapter 4, I'll be looking at verse number 10, but what you got to understand was we see Jesus having a conversation, a conversation that changed a lot of things. We see Jesus and this Samaritan woman. What you have to understand was Jesus was a Jewish man. He was God in the flesh, okay? During this time, Jews and Samaritans did not mix. They don't coexist. Samaritans were Jews as well as Gentile people, intermarried, okay? B.C., before Christ, in the northern region of Israel, the Assyrians, they took over Israel took the entire uh, uh, nation captive, okay? And what Samaritans were, were they were the leftover people from this group. And so every time the Jews saw the Samaritans, they, they were reminded of what happened. They're like, we don't mix with these people. They deemed a Samaritan lower than a dog. They just don't, do not mix. And so in order for Jews to travel if they wanted to take a brief route, if they needed a shortcut, it was a lot shorter to venture through Samaria. But because of the disdain they had for the Samaritan people, they said, I'd rather go the long way. I'd rather work harder than to take a shortcut because I don't want to be associated with these people in any capacity. I don't want people saying I was near Samaria. I, you know, I don't want somebody posting it on social media, like look at him going through Samaria. They didn't have social media back then. But I, I don't want any, any part, any fiber of my being associated with these people or that place. That was the mindset of the Jews back then. So we see Jesus in the middle of Samaria. Another cultural context thing you got to understand. Men and women did not communicate in a public place unless they were married. So not only do we see a Jew in Samaria, we see a man having a dialogue with a woman in a public place, and they're not married. All kind of stuff was messed up. You know what I love about Jesus? Is he messes stuff up. Amen? You remember when God messed your life up, just messes stuff up. And through this dialogue that Jesus is having with this Samaritan woman, we get to see the true heart of what worship is. If you're like me, we think worship is many things. Some of us think worship is the slower part of the service. They slow the music down, now we're doing worship. That's an expression of worship. Or you may feel like, hey, I'm not... <clears throat> I'm not able to be a part of worship because I can't sing. Neither can I. Glory to God. That's why it says make a joyful noise. Amen. You know, especially just open your mouth. Nobody knows anything that's not coming out. Just, you know, make a joyful noise. Some of us think that, hey, worship can be done through, through dance or, or through art. For some of us, worship is solely 
hey, we come to church on the weekend and we go to the worship service. That's what worship is. For others of us, it's like, hey, we go through our phone or we're in the car and we're listening to music and we're listening to worship. But what we need to understand is those are all expressions of worship. They're expressions of worship. They're not entirely the essence of worship, right? And when you get the essence, it'll lead to the expression, okay? So let's talk about this today. What, what's worship about? Well, the first thing you got to understand is this. Worship is our response to God's love. Worship is our response to God's love. In our text, John uh, chapter 4, verse number 10 says this. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Verse number 12 says this, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? You see, the Samaritans, they knew that, hey, this was a sacred place. This was the well where Jacob himself, the one, one of the ones they worshipped, this is where he met. This was a sacred place. But what she didn't realize was the answer to every question she needed was sitting in t- right in front of her. What she didn't realize was this was the well on top of the well because this was the well of life sitting on top of the well of Jacob. And she was trying to meet an everyday need, and she didn't realize the one who met every need is right in front of her. Y'all about to pick up what I'm throwing down in a minute, okay? She didn't realize. Sometimes we go out looking for things and don't realize the goodness of God brings us face-to-face with Jesus. And she couldn't catch it, and she didn't make any sense, and she's worried about tangible things. Well, what are you going to use to get the water out of the well? And some of us, the complex thing that happens with our relationship with God, we're worried about how he's going to do it. Let him do it. Get out of the way. You ready for this? This is a spiritual point. You're doing too much. Boom. You're doing too much. How dare we worry about how God's going to do it? Okay. How are you going to get this? And and what's going to happen? And it's in her her response that we get that this, this woman doesn't understand because if she understood it, she would realize the Savior of the universe is right in front of you. If she would realize who was in front of her, she would realize that, listen, this law had been abolished. If she was, was cognizant of who was in front of her, she would realize the one who could remove every sin and blemish from her life was right in front of her. If she was mindful of who was in front of her, she would have realized that any ounce of healing she needed in her body, he could just blow on her. And I'm telling you, things would change. But watch this. Worship is our response to God's love. And it's hard to respond to something that you don't understand. The Bible says this, why do we love God? Because he first loved us. And when we're mindful that God loves us, that's what leads to our worship. With her response, she didn't get it. She didn't understand. 
You ever heard the story of blind Bartimaeus in the Bible? It was a blind man who found out that Jesus was in the vicinity, and he would cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people who knew Jesus would tell him, you need to be quiet. Let me just rabbit trail right there. Watch this. We need to worry less about the style of someone's worship and more about the authenticity. I'm going to clap for myself. Y'all ain't got to clap. Look at that. We major on minors. I don't like that song. This music, this, that, that, that. Hey, great. That's all personal preference. Is it authentic? That's all God asks. And he's crying out to Jesus. Why? Because he knew the one who can change my life is in the vicinity. And he responded a little bit differently. The woman with the issue of blood found out Jesus was in the vicinity. And she literally pressed and crawled through an entire crowd to get to Jesus because she said, listen, if I could just touch a mere piece of string from his garment, I could be healed. When you understand who Jesus is, it changes the way you respond. So when you see people crying and lifting up their hands, it's not that we're just trying to make a fool of ourselves. It's the fact that I realize who I am, how messed up I am, how broken I am, but I realize how good he is, how faithful he is, how consistent he is, how he still granted me access to eternity through his son named Jesus. Worship is our response to God's love. I asked my wife recently, I said, am I crazy? Don't answer that, right? I seriously think about it. That's like ministry. Ministry is one of the hardest jobs you could ever love, right? And when you're in ministry, you're a pastor. You're not just in it. Your family, your entire family's in it, and it's just one of those things. Ministry is not a job where you can go home and hang up your hat and coat, and I'm done for the day. It doesn't work like that. I was like, why? I thought to myself, I said, I'm nuts. I'm just nuts. Then I thought about it, and I thought about what it felt like to not have hope, what it felt like to fall victim to depression, what it felt like to watch my family be broken apart. And I, I remember what it felt like to, to know that despite all that happened to me, there was still an opportunity for things to change. And I rem remember that feeling of feeling reinvigorated when I knew that, you know what, despite what happened, there could still be another way that life didn't have to be the way it was. And I remember that feeling. And so why do I do what I do is because that's my heart's desire is to help people get that feeling, to let you know that guess what? Failure is not final and you can have another opportunity. You can be the one who can reach your family. All you need to do is say yes to Jesus. Why do I do what I do? Because I understand what he's done for me and it's my response to God's love. It's an eternal affection that will lead to an outward action. That's your tweetable testimony for today. It's an eternal affection that will lead to an outward action. Another thing worship does is worship reminds us that God is our source. God is our source. In our text in John 
4, in verse number 13, the Bible says this, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Worship reminds us that God is our source. Worship reminds us that we don't have to keep coming back to the well because God is so good that we took one drink and it would sustain us for the rest of our life. Worship is our response to God being the source, meaning that, you know what I'm happy about? The Ten Commandments have been abolished because I done broken five of them this morning alone. And all we have to do is respond to God's grace because he is the source. See, what worship does is worship reminds us that, listen, God is the completion and we don't have to keep coming back. Because when your sources and other things, they run out and you have to keep coming back to the well. Oh, this is good. You got to keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And he's the source. If you break down this word worship in old English, it literally means worthiness. Okay? So worth to worthiness. Ship to give. Worship is to give worth to something. Many people say, oh, I love God and we love to worship. I don't even spell love, L-O-V-E. I spell it T-I-M-E. What you love is where you spend your time. Okay? And what you spend your time is an indicator of what you worship because you wouldn't be spending your time there if you didn't feel like it was worth it. You wouldn't go to work tomorrow if you knew you weren't getting paid. So I'm just... just Oh, it's worth it. I got to deal with these nuts. I might as well get a check for it. So it's worth it, right? The danger with finding worth in everything but God is this. We find worth that then sometimes causes us to worship. And when that worship is not to God, we feel worthless. What are you giving your worth to? She couldn't realize. Jesus was in front of her. You're more consumed with the well of Jacob to the point that you can't even see the well of life. You're more consumed with occupation to the point that you can't see the the one who is and is to come. You're more consumed with what people think about you, hello, than what he's spoken to you. Worth. Worship reminds us that God is our source. You have to understand something, friends. This woman just wasn't at the well because she was thirsty. Because what you have to understand is this was, again, in a public setting in the middle of the day. This woman was at this well because she was people like you and I. And she had brokenness in her life. And she had things that didn't go well. And to avoid the chastisement that would come from other people, I'd rather hide from it. Okay? And she didn't realize that, listen, you don't have to hide anymore. You take one drink, and you'll never have to come back to this place again. 
Worship reminds us that God is our source. Now, I don't know about you, but people have failed me. Jobs lay off. Things happen in life, and bank, money in the bank will run out. Praise God, we're feeling good now, but you know what? Sickness strikes. Here's a good one for you parents. You raise your kid one way, and then this little knucklehead will act totally different when they get older. Things happen in life. And the reason our worship is up and down like gas prices is because we're putting worth in things that are worthless. But when that worth is found in Jesus, that'll cause you to praise in the middle of pain. That'll cause you to rejoice in the middle of, of, of a season of your life that's not going your way. That'll have, enable you to smile in the midst of calamity because my worth is not in the situation. My worth is in the God of the situation. Another thing you have to understand about worship is worship is not just the, the lifting of our hands. It's the lifting of our hearts. Worship is the, the lifting of our hearts. This is about to get real good, okay? Where I come from, I say gooder and gooder. My wife gets mad. That's not a word. It flowed, okay? Just go with it. Okay? It'll get good. Many of y'all watch reality TV. If you read the Bible, you won't need reality TV. There's some stuff that goes on in the Bible. You're like, oh, my goodness. Worship is not just the lifting of our hands. It's the lifting of our hearts. John 4 Verse number 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband. Oh, snap. He said, then come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have five husbands. Oh, my goodness. And the one whom you have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. I start adding to myself. I said, wait, one, two, three. Four, five, six. Baby girl had a starting five and wanted to come off the bench. There's a lot going on in your life, sweetie. Five husbands and the one you're with now, watch this. Many of us, it's not the fact that we got a messed up past. We got a messed up present. You know the crazy thing about this? Unlike every other man in her life, they walked away and Jesus stayed right there. But he asked this question. He said, where's your husband? She said, I have no husband. He said, correct. Worship is a matter of the lifting of the hearts. Many, the Bible says this in Matthew. Many on that day will, will say to me, Lord, have I not cast out demons in your name? Have I not prophesied in your name? And, and, and God will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. Some of us have been making worship about what it looks like and less about what we live like. I don't care what pitch or note you sing in. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Worship is not about what it looks like. Worship is about what's in you. And when worship is in you, it would allow you to be like Paul and have a prison party. It's not the matter of what's happening to me. It's a matter of what's happening in me. And I realize what's happening in me can change the situation around me. It's a matter of the heart. Many of us get fooled because, wow, they sing good. They're really good at worship. Yeah, but did they live as good as they sing? That's my only question. 
It's a matter of the heart. You have five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband, correct? That statement alone causes me to praise every time I read it. There's something about the love of God. You don't love me and just forgive me for the past mistakes. You love me for the present mistakes too. I can't help but give worth to you. I beat myself up sometimes. I don't know if I'm, anybody else just, I'm hard on myself, but even in the midst of my chaos, you still find worth in me. You would come out of your way. You would break tradition to sit here and have a conversation with me despite who I am. That's what I'll give worth to. I find it funny, friends, that the more we know about God, the less we talk to him. I believe there's a real reason why it says in the Bible, Jesus was a friend of sinners. One of the things I love to do is I love to go places, and I, I love to not tell people I'm a pastor, okay? Some of y'all have been killing it for me. If you see me in the store at Starbucks, Pastor Greg, really? <laughs> Thank you, okay? Especially you suburban moms. Oh my God, we love you! <laughs> so happy. It's my pastor! Dude, you've just ruined every other conversation around me. <laughs> Seriously, people find, oh, you know. People get quiet, they find out you're a pastor. So one of the cool things about it is, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a Marquette fan. I got to know some Marquette people and some Marquette families. And I get to sit in the Marquette family uh, section. And you meet interesting people. And there's one particular time I was sitting by a player's girlfriend. And uh, she didn't know who I am because why? I don't tell people I'm a pastor. And she began to tell me some stuff. I said, really? He did what? Huh? <laughs> Wow, I didn't know he had it in him. I couldn't imagine. I, just having a great conversation and players coming out of the locker room after the game, and she's all excited and giddy, and she took communion, if you know what I mean. Took communion, you know. She was, ah, I love him. She was like, I invited him to the party. He I'm like, I, first of all, I told my wife, baby, I still got it. I'm getting invited to college parties. <laughs> I told you, I still got it. That's number one. Number two is, is she's like, she's just, oh, my God, I told him he can come to the party. You see the look on the boys' faces. They're like, Ooh. She didn't get it. Some of them actually went to my church. and uh, It's funny, those who know the least about Jesus are free to tell him the most. And those of us who know the most about Jesus tend to tell him the least. The Bible says he's close to the lonely and the brokenhearted. Many people will look at this and think, wow, Jesus must have felt really disrespected. She didn't know who he was. No, he fell in love with her for that very reason. That's the heart of God. It's not a matter of the hands. It's a matter of the heart. Watch this. You want to start seeing transformation in your life? Start living with transparency. What's really going on? And many of us, we ask God to change things, but we're not willing to be honest. The worship really didn't start at the beginning of this text. The worship started right now because she started being honest with what's really going on. And watch this. You know why we worship? 
because we serve a God who can handle our truth, the type we don't even want to handle. Last thing is this, friends. Authentic worship is what brings us face-to-face with God. Again, don't tell me about the style and your preference. I get all that. Is it authentic? We major on minors, okay? What we got to realize is we don't create law. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not godly. (laughs) I just, okay, that's your preference. We focus on things that really don't matter, and we miss the concept of what worship is. Is it an authentic worship that brings us face to face with God? John 4, 23, Bible says, but the hour is coming, and now is, and this is Jesus talking, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and what? The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus' replied to her was so powerful. I've been here the whole time. I've been here the entire time. But we're not in church. I've been here the entire time. I'm alone in my room. I've been here the entire time. I'm in my car. I've been here the entire time. I'm in the midst of the worst day of my life. I've been here the entire time. Authentic worship helps you realize that God is not far off and he's close. Authentic worship helps you realize that, wow, I can call on the name of Jesus and things will begin to change. Authentic worship helps you realize that, you know what, I could have a troubling marriage and God could resurrect it. Authentic marriage means that, listen, I may be sick, but I can be healed. Authentic worship says, listen, I know I've made some mistakes, but I believe that God can make me new. Authentic worship is less about a location and more about what's happening on the inside of you with a real God. See, the Jews and Samaritans were different people. The Jews were all about truth. And we have the laws, and this is how you do it. And these lead to truth. Jews knew the word. They had it laid out. Samaritans, they were some open people. They weren't opposed to God, but they were just open to other gods, and they would believe in things they couldn't see. Jesus said, listen, those who worship me need to worship me in spirit and truth. Your truth should lead you to God's spirit. And God's spirit should always reveal the truth. That's why when people say, ooh, God gave me a word of the Lord from you, it better line up with the Bible. (laughs) Yep, spirit, but it better reveal truth. And Jesus was saying, listen, you guys have missed it. The time has come where that is done. It's not unless about how you do it, And it's more about who you're doing it for. The I am that I am, the creator of the universe, the bright and morning star, the cornerstone the builders rejected, the lamb who is spotless, he who knew no sin, who bore sin. It's right in front of you. Is he worth it to you?
My prayer is that this helps shape your idea of worship. Yeah, we sing, that's an expression. Yes, we give, that's an expression. But the essence of why we're doing that is because of the love of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you that in this entire world of inconsistencies, you've been consistent. God, you've loved us more than we've loved ourselves, and we're so grateful for that love, that perfect love that casts out fears. And Lord, we acknowledge in this moment that we can't do anything to deserve it or earn it, but God, we just receive it today. We receive it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.